car dealerships. And this is going to be pretty detailed because this is what God told me to do. I went to four or five car dealerships, and I'm going, leaving one in O'Fallon, and I'm getting into my car, and someone behind me says, hey, Mike, what are you doing here? I turn around, it's my brother-in-law. I said, at some point in time, I'm going to need to buy a car. He goes, oh, cool. I'm trading in my wife's car. Oh, cool. Have a good time. Left. Next day, he calls me up and says, you know what, Mike? This is what the dealership will give, is giving me for the car. If you give it to me, I'll, I'll sell it to you. It's between seven, nine, $10,000 less than what if I went to the dealer to buy it. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money to me. That's like a tank of gas. <laughs> so Becky and I prayed about it, and we're talking, we're discussing it, and we said, okay, this is a bill that if the Lord provides, we can pay for. Because even at that much under what, I was gonna, what it would be worth, we still don't have the money. So we, we bought the car. It's a nice car. It's the nicest car I've ever owned. And we didn't really understand the future. We didn't see the future. Fast forward to 2021, and Becky's like, you really need to get out of the job that you're working. And so we prayed about it, talked to pastor, talked to pastor. And pastor, we had been in discussion saying, hey, okay, pastor, this is what we're wanting to do, this is what we're feeling. And finally, pastor said, you know what, I, th I think it's time. So I quit my job and started to drive for Lyft and Uber. And I would have never done that if that car wouldn't have been available. Because the car I was driving really didn't have air conditioning. And that's not a good car to drive when people are expecting to be in an air-conditioned car in the hell that we're going through right now. So... Uh, that car was set up so that I could move into driving for Lyft and Uber. Now, Lyft and Uber, you're driving as an independent contractor. You don't know how much your money you're going to make. The Lord then provided. We stepped out because we felt the Lord was moving us in that direction. He's provided every paycheck. But that's just, not, that's just a small part of what God has been doing. If Monday night prayer, I've, I've done some of these testimonies. I, I had a young man get into the car. Every morning, I pray, Lord, number one, I pray for your protection. Number two, I pray for an uh, efficient, productive day. But number three, I want a chance to talk to somebody. I want a chance to talk to, you, talk to somebody about you. I want your kingdom to grow. I want people, when they get into this car, to feel your peace and your joy. I've had a young man get in. I, I drove up to pick up a young man. He's on the phone. And as he gets in the car, I hear him talking to someone on his phone about if he would turn himself in the next day, he would get about 
it was like a short amount of time in prison. If he didn't, he was probably looking at 50, 60 years in prison. He's crying in my back seat. The Lord goes, here's your open door. So I shut off the app. I didn't take any more rides. And I stopped and I had, talked with him and I prayed with him and he cried and, and we prayed some more. There's been several people that have, have, have asked. They get in the car and they go, you know what? I think I'm really supposed to be here. Can you pray for me before I get out of the car? I've had people where God goes, you need to stop and pray with them. I chased one guy down. He was already out of the car, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I get the point. Got out and ran around the car and said, hey, can I pray for you? He goes, I'd be happy if you would. The best one that I have so far is I picked up a, a, an elderly lady from the dialysis center. She was just had dialysis. She wasn't doing good physically. She gets in the car and she goes, what can I pray for you about? Yeah. I'll let anybody pray for me. Come on. So I told her, pray for my family. I, this lady did not do a silent, Lord, help us. No, this, this, girl, this lady, she, she went to church. There was church going on in my car. For 20, 25 minutes, there was church going on. She was going she would start slowing down. She'd go, what else you need prayer for? I'm going, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of things then. I'm just going, the car, pray for, I'll, you will just keep going. I was wanting to miss turns to keep her in the car longer. But God has opened some doors that I didn't realize until this couple weeks ago. And I start looking back at the things that God had done and the places God has taken me that I didn't think anything about. That I didn't think mattered at all. The little details of Becky going to a conference. The little details of me going to a random car dealer and running into my brother-in-law. When I think it's random. When I think that my brother-in-law just happened to be at the car dealer. The week of July 4th, the weekend of July 4th, Becky and I were supposed to be out of town. We were going to go to uh, Tennessee, and uh, we've done it several years. We, we, we've gone on July 4th. Nothing to it. The Saturday before July 4th weekend, I get into the car, and the dashboard lights up like a Christmas tree. I'm like, something's not right. So I get it home, and I'm like, Lord, your will. Get up in the morning to come to church, and it comes on a check hybrid battery pack. Now, if you know anything about battery, hybrid battery packs, it's the most expensive part of the car. There are lots of cars in the junkyard that the only thing that's wrong is the battery pack. I'm like, Lord, you know I don't have the money. So we go to, we run to O'Reilly's on Sunday afternoon and they put the little computer on there and it says, replace hybrid battery pack. 
Oh, Lord. That's painful. Okay. So I call. I get an estimate. And ended up, it was over $5,500 to replace, get the car fixed. Again, I don't know about you guys, but that's a lot of money. That's like a half a tank of gas. I was out of work three days, so that money is just compounding. No work for three days because that's my livelihood, driving that car. We still were planning on going to Tennessee because it's, it's really not expensive for us to go. And, and uh, Wednesday, we said, you know what? The responsible thing would that we cancel our trip and save that money. I could still drive to two or three days, I could drive the fourth, and, and uh, it'd be nothing, it'd be okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make it up some way. Well, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Courtney, who I work with on, at her cupcake shop, sends us a text, can you work Saturday night? She has no, no clue what's going on. She just goes, can you work Saturday night? <laughs> our, our schedule just came clear. Yeah, we can work on Saturday night. And so we plan on it. I, I was able to work sporadically on Thursday, so we didn't make a whole lot of money. On Friday, I had a pretty good day. And on Saturday, I go out to drive. Now, I'm old and set in my ways, and I don't really like to work on Saturday and Sunday. And so I don't work on Saturday and Sunday. And so Saturday, me going out on a Saturday, is unheard of. It's the first time in over a year that I've worked on a Saturday, driving. Something that I think, you know, it's just a coincidence, you know? No. Saturday, about 10, 10 or 10.30, I, run in, I go pick up a young lady, and she's a little frustrated when she gets in the car. And she says, can you find some place for me to get a money order? All right, no problem there. She goes, I just moved here from California. I'm trying to get my apartment, and I have to have a money order to do it. So me being the smart guy, I call my wife, babe, where can I get a money order? <laughs> she tells me a couple of spots, and so I start taking off. Now, if you're familiar with Lyft and Uber, you're supposed to go from point A to point B. If you don't, Lyft and Uber start contacting you, seeing if you're okay. They start contacting the rider to see if they're okay. You're supposed to go from A to B. We did not go from A to B. But while she was, she was in the car, she goes, random comment, she goes, I need to get my hat for church tomorrow. Hey, where are you going to church? She goes, well, I saw a van that said First Baptist Church, and so I'm going to go there. I don't know where it's at. I'm just going to go to the First Baptist Church. Hey, that, that's great. She goes, where do you go to church? <laughs> Abstock Church of Belleville. It's an awesome church. We do, we, I start talking about the church. She's like, where's that at? Oh, 1648 LaSalle. You know what? Do you have a Facebook page? She goes, no. We're at a stoplight. I get my phone out. Cheap plug right here. If you go to your app store on either device, ACOBI, uh, Apps Like Church of Belleville, it'll come up. It's got our address. 
I didn't know it, but when, she, when I told her that, she downloaded the app. She started looking into us. She told me that we did not have iLife class on Sunday night the 4th. <laughs> she says, you don't have church tomorrow night. I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have church. So finally, we are able to get the money order, and she gets it back in the car, and she goes, this was directed by God. Why, of course, because God directs everything. So I was like under the impression, because that's what us good Christians say, oh, God directs everything, but when something bad happens, we're like, what in the world happened? I just got a $5,500 bill. Where's God in that? She goes, I was, has anybody heard of the Amtrak train wreck that happened in Chicago a couple weeks ago where a truck hit it and it overturned? She goes, I was supposed to be on that train. I got off my train from California. Some worker came up to me and said, where are you going? I told him St. Louis. He grabbed my bags, takes me to a train, to the front of a line of a train, puts me on that train. I get going. I'm talking to a passenger that's with me, and she says, there's something wrong with our timing. Can I see your ticket? She looks at my ticket, and she says, you're not even supposed to be on this train. She goes to Springfield, gets a motel, hotel room because she's there stranded, looks on TV and sees that there was a wreck. If she would have been on that train, she would not have been in Belleville on Saturday. She goes, I was meant to meet up with you. I said, well, just to let you know, I don't ever work on Saturdays. This old grouch does not get out on Saturdays and work. She goes, I'll be in the pew tomorrow. So if you're following, there's little steps that nobody's even thinking about. During this time, we have some friends in St. Louis that go on a trip to Pennsylvania. They get talked into driving up to Quebec City to see Scott and Leanne Grant. Scott goes, you know what? If you're going back to St. Louis, I've got some things to send to Mike. Cool. I'm all for candy coming back from Canada. So he comes back, he calls me on that Saturday before that, while, while he texts me on Saturday while I'm out driving, says, hey, what time's church tomorrow? We're driving in from Pennsylvania today, and I've got a package for you that I want to bring to you tomorrow at church. We'll just come and have church with you. Cool. It's at 10 o'clock. So, looks like everything is cool. I've had passengers say they were going to be at church. Never saw them. So I'm like, I really hope to see it. This is exciting. Saturday night, we go and do our cupcake truck, and would you believe it, in two days' time, the Lord gave us enough money to pay all our bills? I'm like, that is... I, we're coming back from the cupcake truck, and she's, I'm, we're adding up all the stuff, going, where are we at? And I'm like, you know what, Beck? If this young lady comes to church tomorrow and God does a work in her life, 
the $5,500 plus will be worth it. Well worth it. But that's not the end. Sunday morning, this lady shows up. She comes to church. Well, after she gets here, our friends that have just driven in from Pennsylvania show up to church. Brother Jake preaches an awesome message. And he comes up and he has an altar call that we have all the time. No, we don't. He has the guys go to one side and the ladies to the other. I was scheduled for security that day, so I'm like, that's crazy. Just to let you know, guys, the ladies were over here having church. You guys were, yeah, cool, cool. It's lunchtime, just to let you know. While the ladies were having church. So the friends that we have, they were pastors in Pennsylvania, and uh, they come up and they're praying. This, my friend from Uber, our Lyft, comes up and stands over here. The pastor's wife comes and stands next to her, starts praying with her. The Lord starts talking to the pastor's wife to give a word to this lady, to talk to her where she's at at that moment. All these different pieces that were orchestrated by God that we never saw to bring all these points together right at that time for a lady for a lady that we don't even know I don't know if we'll ever see her again but that day God moved in her life God touched her life God changed her life right there now that all those pieces are moving away going to the next point appointed time for what God has but all those little pieces came together because God is orchestrating everything we do when we are looking for it. When we are looking for it. I just feel it tough. Brian, Hannah, I'm not saying this, I'm prophesying this over you, but be mindful. Watch for open doors. During this chaotic time of having a baby, if God opens a door for you to speak about him, pray for somebody, do it. I've been feeling this all morning. If God is opening a door for you guys to talk, to pray to a nurse, to a doctor, to a friend, to someone walking down the hall, take that time to do it because God has ordained a moment for you. You see, I'm tired of just having just a relaxed church service where we come and just hang out. The last couple weeks, the Lord has been bringing into my life messages of angels. Whether it been through podcasts, hearing of people having angels walk alongside them, or having people, preachers here talking about angels, Brother Al having angels coming and moving his life. The young man that came and grabbed the bags of our, the, my friend from Uber, she, she, and grabbed him and taken her to a train she was not supposed to be on. Last week, Matt ta- talked about, uh, Brother Matt talked about coming and, and, and teaming up with angels. I want that. Years ago, the Lord said, when I was, I was here and I was praying, the Lord said, you have two angels walking alongside you wherever you go. You know what? There's sometimes I forget that. There's sometimes I forget the supernatural is walking and living in me. 
There's times when you forget the supernatural is walking and living in you. And all we have to do is go, you know what, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes to where you're wanting me to go. Open my eyes to what you're wanting me to say. You know what? Sister Evelina, hold out your hand. I'm praying that we see the eyes opened. I'm praying to see the lame walk. I'm, I'm praying that we see people delivered from, from the demonic spirits. I'm praying that we see signs and wonders in this church. I want to see the supernatural as we walk day to day, not just inside these four walls, but as we go to our jobs, we can have prayer for a, a friend or, and they're sick. I want to see it. You know what? how we do that? We start praying. We start fasting. We start going, God, I'm not fasting just to get my, my life under subjection. I'm fasting for a, for a thing to happen. Lord, my, my family is needing saved. I'm going to go on a three-day. I'm going to go on a seven-day fast to see my family saved. I'm tired of playing around. I'm tired of just playing and coming and, and staring at the pastor, staring at the song, song leaders. I want to be in the supernatural. I want to create an atmosphere for the Lord to come and move and change people. Change me. You see, Peter had his eyes on Jesus when Jesus was walking on the water. And what happened? Jesus said, come. I don't know about you, but water doesn't really take me walking on it. I usually sink. But Peter saw the supernatural because he had his eyes on Jesus. I'm tired of the normal. This last couple weeks have woken me up. God is moving in my life. God is leading and guiding everything that happens in my life. And I'm using me as an example because God has been working on you too. But for me, the last couple weeks have been amazing. I've been having dreams. God has been speaking to me. Tell you the truth, I, I've been trying to push this testimony aside and get something. And God, what do you want me to preach? And I've been pushing it aside and pushing it aside when this is right where God wants me to be. You may not know what God is taking you through. You may not know why you're sick. You may not know why you have that big bill. You know what? I don't know how, how God's going to provide for that, the car. I have no clue. But I know he's going to provide. Because he's brought me through that situation. He's the one that guided me into that situation so that I would meet up with this young lady. That means he's going to take care of that. Sister Ann, I'm so happy that you see what you see. But I'm tired it's just you. I'm tired it's just you that you lay hands on people and they're healed. I want to do it. I want to do that. I want to see lives changed in those that I come in contact with. I've been slowly working on it. My kids tell me I'm crazy because I say hi to everybody. And I talk to everybody I come in contact with. 
But you never know when God stops you and says, you know what? They need prayer. You never know when that door opens up for the supernatural to work. And when we shut our mouths and when we just kind of stare and hold our head down and don't talk to anybody and we don't interact with anybody because we're introverts or whatever reason, we miss opportunities for the supernatural. We miss the opportunities for angels and God to walk into our lives and move and God and change people's lives. Not all of us are called to go out and preach on a street corner. We're all, but we're all called to make disciples. And if you're not making disciples, you're not where God wants you to be. It's all great when we're walking in his provision and we're just kind of hanging out where God just kind of pays our bills and God kind of takes care of our health and, and we're all happy. But understand, the Israelites, when they were wandering in the wilderness, were happy with the provision of God. But they never stepped into the promise. They never stepped into their purpose. Because they were happy having their clothes never go bad, having their shoes never go bad, having food every day to eat, having Moses talk to God instead of them. When God was going, I have so much more for you. So much more for you. Just think of our services if every day we got in and said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to praise and worship you with everything I have, every moment that I can, everywhere that I go. Lord, open up my eyes to see the supernatural. See the direction that you want me to See the direction you want me to go. Who you want me to pray with. Lord, take away my, uh, my, my fear. Take away my uh, intrepidation. Help me to be bold when it comes to you. If it wasn't for someone to be bold in your life, you would not be sitting here today. If it wasn't for someone to talk to your parents or to your grandparents and, and talk to them about God, you would not be here today. Does it die here? Do we come, become just like any other church in, in the Metro East where, yeah, we show up, but do we worship? Do we get changed Do we just hang out for a little bit? Or do we come going, the king is here. I want a part of it. I want to see what God has for me today. I want to see what God can do through me the rest of the week just because I showed up and I worshiped him with everything I have. The supernatural wants to be active in our lives. Could we all stand? The altar call today is for people that want more. If you don't want more, that's fine. Every time God has moved in 
a situation, there had to be an action by his people. There had to be an action by his people. So today, God is calling this church. This has not been preached by accident. God is wanting to move this church into a next level, into a more supernatural, where we start seeing healings right here. We've seen the dead raised in this church. We've seen miraculous, instant healings in this church right here. But somewhere along the lines, we have gone soft. We started doing that trudge around the wilderness, being happy with just everything's being provided. I don't need to come into the house of God and worship. I don't need to come into the house of God and lift my hands and, and give my all. So this morning, God is calling for a commitment as the singers come and start to sing. This altar is open to come however you want to come. If you want to kneel, if you want to stand, God is calling for action. Do you want to see the supernatural? Do you want to go to the promised land? Do you want to see your neighbor saved? Do you want to see your family healed? How hungry are you for it? Do you want to see your life healed? We may have been see, looking around and seeing people that don't live right succeeding. You go, why is it worth it? And God is going, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more for you. If you'll turn your eyes to me, you'll start looking to me every day if you'll start fasting when I tell you to when you start open your eyes to those around you God is calling for a deeper walk not just in new converts not just in the pastoral staff but in everybody Lord, I thank you for what you've done for me in the past. But God, I want more. Lord, I thank you for what you've healed me in the past and the places you've taken me in the past. But Lord, I'm hungry for more. 